0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. All right, welcome back for episode 27 of the Destination Devi podcast. I am the captain of this here Devi dynasty vessel, Ray Garvin, and you know where to find me on Twitter at RayGQ, that's Q-U-E, and make sure you're following the show at Destination Devi as well. The DDP is a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, anywhere you can play podcast at, the DDP is there. You can also check the show out on DynastyLeagueFootball.com, as well as other great Dynasty-related podcasts. Whatever your flavor is regarding Dynasty Fantasy Football, DLF has you covered. I've got written content over there on the website as well, so head on over, check it all out. But you are here to talk Devi. Devi Dynasty. Not 2020 dynasty, not 2020 wide receiver prospects only, not 2020 running back prospects only. I know we're excited about the class. I know that's the rave and that's the craze right now. But listen, we've got plenty of time between the end of the football season and NFL draft time to talk about these guys. This is Debbie. You listen to this show to stay ahead of the curve. You listen to this show so you can have your radars up for your next, you know, depleted dynasty rookie draft, for your Debbie startup drafts next year, for your Debbie rookie drafts next spring. And you need to know about the guys who are coming up, who you, who who are going to make impacts for their college teams and eventually transition onto the NFL and hopefully have a shot to produce points for your fantasy roster. And there are a couple of freshmen that I want to talk about today today. Because they are so talented. And watching them play this year with eight, nine weeks in the books, the sample size is there, the production is behind all the four and five star ratings. And I want to start off with I know a lot of people think coming into this season, and I saw a couple of people. On Twitter post their 2022 Debbie running back rankings and it sort of just looks like they went to 247sports.com and took the f- top five running backs from uh, 2019 incoming true freshmen and enlisted them on there and that's not to knock anybody if that's what you feel if you feel it's John Emery and Trey Sanders and Jerion Ely and Zach Charbonnet just like that down the list and that's fine. But I'm watching these guys. And there are three freshman running backs, along with Kenneth Gainwell, but I talked about him a little bit on the last episode. I want to talk about Charbonnet. I want to talk about Iowa State's running back, Brees Hall, and I want to talk about Auburn's true freshman, DJ Williams. These three running backs not only have the early season production profile, they have the high school prep prep pedigree, they also have the size that translates to what would be a feature down back if they were to matriculate onto the NFL and get a job as a starter. Zach Charbonnet was a four-star prospect coming out of high school. He was the number four ranked running back behind Ely, behind Trey Sanders, and behind John Emery. Now, LSU's running back situation, I thought at this point in time in the season, John Emery Jr. would be the unquestioned starter, but that is not what's taken place so far in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire have looked fantastic, and I did not see that coming. That offense is an air raid offense, and and Clyde has been there. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he's looked outstanding running it. And Trey Sanders is hurt. So Trey Sanders has not played for Alabama this year. I think had he been healthy, he definitely would have split into that workload with Brian Robinson and Najee Harris. And then you go to Jerry Anealy. He has played uh, sp- sparringly. He's looked good in the amount of time that I've seen him play, but he's not even the starter for his own team. Zach Charbonnet is the man for Michigan. They've got another running back uh, named Hassan Haskins, who looks really, really good as well. But Charbonnet on the season, on the season, and mind you, he is a true freshman running back. Six foot two, six one, six two. 6'2", I think he's 6'1", 220 pounds. He's got 109 carries for 531 yards, nine TDs, averaging close to five yards a carry. Now, I would love for his yards per carry average to be a little bit higher, but for a freshman playing in an offense where the quarterback has a limited threat to throw the ball when they know they're going to hand the ball to one of the running backs, Zach Charbonnet has answered the call. And last week in primetime versus Notre Dame, he had 15 carries, 74 yards and two touchdowns. He had a long of 35 and his touchdowns just, man, this kid is smooth to be so big He can cut on a dime. He can get upfield. He's physical as hell. He's somebody that I I really believe if we were drafting 2022 eligible running backs right now, he'd be a top three pick. And the other guy who looks outstanding as well is Brees Hall. He was also a four-star running back coming out of high school. He was the number 22 rated running back in that 2019 class. He's six foot, 215 pounds. And last week versus Oklahoma State, he had 18 carries for 76 yards and two TDs. I was watching him and he just looks like, you know, the first thing that popped to my mind was a smoother version and a bigger version of what Aaron Jones is for the Green Bay Packers. That was my immediate thought, but just watching how fluid he is in the running game I mean, he looks like he's going to be a better running back than David Montgomery was there on the season. He's got 81 carries for 475 yards, 7 TDs, and you love to see that close to 6 yards per carry average. He's also shown an ability to catch the ball out of the backfield with 10 receptions for 120 yards on the season. Another true freshman. The week before against Texas Tech, some say that was his true breakout game or the game before versus West Virginia. 26 carries versus West Virginia for 132 and three. 19 carries for 183 and two versus Texas Tech University. And prior to that, it was limited, you know, limited opportunities and limited touches. But Brees Hall, that size, 6'1", 205 pounds, 210 pounds, that's somebody... You know, that is somebody where in your Debbie rookie drafts next year, if you're doing a Debbie startup. Now, mind you, if if those of you who are going to participate in Debbie startups next year, the 2020 guys are not eligible. They're gone. So you're looking at 2021, 2022, and hopefully you paid attention to some of these shows to hear about some of the 2023 eligible prospects. But we'll we'll really dive into that a little bit later on. But Brees Hall right now, if you're doing a, a, a a Devi startup draft next spring. Brees Hall has got to be. It's got to be a late first, early second round pick in Devi startup drafts. He is a fantastic runner. Somebody that I have very high amongst my twenty twenty two eligible running backs, and you should as well. The last guy, DJ Williams, and he played against LSU in Death Valley. True freshman was not supposed to be the starter this year. Booby Whitlow, you know, he was a very good running back last year. He had a I believe it was a surgery on his knee, so he's coming back from that. He played sparingly in this game, but DJ Williams, four-star running back as well. Surprisingly, he was rated one slot higher than Brees Hall. He was the 21st-ranked running back in the 2019 class. He looks a little bit thicker. He looks like a bigger, uh, you know, a more um, girthy-type running back at five 5'11", 210 pounds, and versus that, you know, fantastic LSU defense. 13 carries, 130 yards for a true freshman in Death Valley with a true freshman quarterback, with a true sophomore wide receiver. And he just looked like he belonged. DJ Williams is going to be a player. And like I said, there are other freshman running backs like Elijah Collins, like Kenneth Gainwell. One of my personal my guys is USC running back, uh, Keenan Christian. I think his speed, his versatility... And the the opportunity that he has at USC to be a dynamic playmaker for the Trojans, you know, that's that's one of my guys. But DJ Williams, man, his size is from Florida. He's only got 31 carries on the season for 210 yards. So unless you're really tuned into what's going on in the college game, you may not have heard of him because he hasn't done much up to this point, but he is somebody that we all need to keep on our radars for those 2022 eligible prospects because DJ Williams, Zach Charbonnet, and Brees Hall are going to be guys that we're talking about in the collegiate game for a long, long time. Now let's get into some Debbie risers, and I'm just going to briefly skim through some of the quarterbacks that had some very good games. Washington State's quarterback, Anthony Gordon, you know, you sit here and you watch players like Gardner Minshew who came out of nowhere, and it's easy to compare the two because they both played at Washington State. But then you start to look at what Minshew did in that Washington State offense and what makes him different. What makes him special from these other air raid quarterbacks that you know have played in similar situations? You can go back to Timmy Chang and Colt Brennan and all of the Texas Tech quarterbacks not named Baker Mayfield before he transferred to Oklahoma or Patrick Mahomes. You're talking about Graham Harrell and and players like that. And what makes, you know, Gardner Minshew the outlier of these air raid quarterbacks. And when you go back and watch him at Washington State, you know, he had that same moxie, that same bravado, that same fearlessness. And when I watch Anthony Gordon, he sort of It's sort of the same way. Now, granted, they run a completely different scheme, right? He's just standing back there and picking apart defenses. He's doing whatever he wants. got through nine touchdown passes in one game. Nine touchdown passes in one game. That's not happening at the next level. Anthony Gordon is somebody who's not going to be a first, second, third, or fourth round NFL draft pick. But if he continues down this path this season, I can definitely see somebody taking a shot on him. And you never know what can happen. You know, Anthony Gordon gets called up because somebody gets hurt and he is slinging the ball around. Could he potentially have an impact at the next level? Maybe. Chances are probably uh, not high of of that happening, but that's a name that you need to know. Sean Clifford out of Penn State continuing to look good for the Nittany Lions. Jalen Hurts, the Oklahoma Sooners, lost to Kansas State, but Jalen Hurts had another 390-plus yard game through the air, almost 100 yards on the ground, a bunch of touchdowns, and again... A lot of people are knocking Jalen Hurts, but he looks much improved to me. He is somebody that I am very intrigued by that I definitely would take a chance on in dynasty rookie drafts if it comes down to it. I like his game. I like his chemistry. I like his DNA. I like his makeup. Jalen Hurts is still a Debbie riser for me, as well as freshman Keaton Slovis out of USC. Another one of those fearless gunslinger type quarterbacks. And they came back to win against Colorado. And he had that game winning drive. And he showed me a lot on that drive. I fully expected him to collapse, melt down. But the freshman rose to the occasion. He spreads the ball around. He was getting Amon Ross St. Brown involved and Michael Pittman involved. So Keaton Slovis, another one of those Debbie young guy freshman risers for me. Now, the running back position is where things get fun, because I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Oregon's running back, C.J. Verdell. And a lot of you may not have heard of who this player is. Coming out of high school, he was not a highly touted running back. He was a three-star recruit. But in college, last year, in 2018, he was the only college football player amongst the Power 5 schools, so the Big 10, the Big 12, the ACC, the SEC, and... Uh, I said Big 10, Big 12, -12, Pac-12, SEC, ACC. Those are the Power 5 schools. He was the only running back to have over 1,000 yards on the ground and 300 yards through the air. He had 1,018 yards, 10 TDs, and then he also chipped in 315 receiving yards, two touchdowns on 27 receptions. This season, he's got... 112 rushing attempts for 753 yards, five TDs. He also has over 100 yards receiving again, 118 on 13 receptions. But this past Saturday in late night primetime against Washington State, he went berserk. 23 carries, 257 yards, three TDs, four receptions for 56 yards, took an 80, 89 yard run to the house. You know, you watch him and you see that number seven, and he has the same, the same build as DeAndre Swift from Georgia. And they both wear that number seven. And I'm telling you, this CJ Verdell is explosive. Five foot nine, 210 pounds. I am intrigued. He played at one of the uh, storied high schools in California, modern day high school. Tons of NFL talent went to modern day. But he is no stranger to primetime performances and success. You know, to rip off an 89-yard run, not get caught, not get tired, that shows that he has that long speed. But he is bursty. He's versatile. And I think when you're talking about 2021 eligible running backs, and and, and Garrett and I talked about that class not being very deep right now, players like C.J. Verdell, players like Chuba Hubbard if they don't declare – You still have Max Borky and Zemir White and Keontae Ingram. It can be sneaky good. I don't know if it's going to have the top-end talent, the top-tier level talent as 2020, but C.J. Verdell is somebody that, again, in your Debbie drafts next year, he's somebody that's well worth an investment to put on your roster and see how he matures throughout his junior season, and you may have a player on your hands. The showdown of the running backs, Jonathan Taylor versus J.K. Dobbins, didn't really live up to the hype from a competition standpoint because Wisconsin's running back was shut down. And that is three out of four games where Jonathan Taylor has looked human. And I'm not telling you that Jonathan Taylor is not the running back one in the 2020 class. But what I am telling you is when he can't get it going on the ground, He is not proficient in the receiving game enough. I believe he did have a receiving touchdown in this game. And I told you there's a difference between being able to catch the ball and being able to be used as a receiving threat out of the backfield. I don't believe he is that refined of a route runner, that refined of a tactician at the receiver position to be utilized as a weapon at this point in his career. Maybe he'll develop into that. But when things are shut down on the ground, you can pretty much cancel Jonathan Taylor out. But J.K. Dobbins, on the other hand, can do it all. He had 20 carries for 163 yards, two touchdowns, chipped in another 58 yards through the air on three receptions. J.K. looks good. <laughs> I mean, it, it's 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 tough for me because I want to rank him higher. I feel like having him sixth in my Debbie rankings over on DLF is far too low. But then I look at the five guys that are above him, and I just cannot move him above those guys but that's why I included him in my tier one of running back rankings because he is not uh, in a tier below those guys. He may be ranked inside the tier a little bit lower, but J.K. Dobbins just looks fantastic. And I know there was some chatter at the beginning of the year that even he, while we think he's going to come out in 2020, even he may be one of those guys that come back for his senior season. And can you imagine him and Justin Fields playing to get together again for another season under that Ryan Day offense. Oh my goodness. They it would just be it would be ridiculous. And then we can see who the next monstrosity of a defensive end that they were going to produce because Chase Young is on another level, four sacks for Chase Young. I know those of you in IDP leagues know that name and are very excited to get his production on your NFL rosters next year. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back out of LSU. Again, I thought that he would be replaced by this point in time in the college football season, and he has seized that job. 22 carries for 136 yards, one TD, 51 receiving yards on seven receptions versus Auburn. He is another one of those sneaky running backs. He reminds me of C.J. Anderson, and I'm not talking about the C.J. Anderson that we know today, I'm talking about, you know, rookie year, second year in the league when he was with the Denver Broncos and looked like he was going to be just a fantasy stud for, the foreseeable for, for a long time, C.J. Anderson. That C.J. Anderson was really good. And Clyde Edward lair has the same sort of body feel, that that shorter, round, I'm not calling him fat, but, you know, that stocky build of a running back. But he he's looked really good for LSU and somebody that I believe may come back because the class is so loaded so he can improve his draft stock. Uh, going into 2021, if that's what he chooses to do. Now let's talk about Mr. Cam Akers, the running back out of Florida State, playing behind one of the worst offensive lines in college football. But it doesn't matter because this kid is a bona fide stud. Bona fide stud, 20 carries, 144 yards, four TDs. He was going for the school record in this one, five TDs. And then I think he tweaked his ankle or something like that. He he came off the field. He could have easily gotten his fifth rushing touchdown. But Akers, when I watch his game and what he can do and how he plays, he he's so good. He is so good. I have no clue why somebody in, in their right mind would say that he profiles as an undrafted free agent. That is just ludicrous. It's clickbaity. It's disrespectful because Cam Akers is a top five and some say even a top three talent amongst 2020 running backs. Brees Hall talked about him already 2022 eligible as well as Rondell Wandale. look at that I'm already com- uh, combining the names Rondell and Wandale. Wondell Robinson I don't know what position he plays is he a running back is he a wide receiver out of Nebraska he's 2022 eligible he had six receptions 71 yards uh, on Saturday, but he also chipped in 22 carries, chipped in 22 carries for 83 yards and one TD. And the loss of Maurice Washington has sort of forced Wandell to the backfield. And he played running back in high school. I believe he best profiles is sort of that slot or that, you know, that sort of smaller wide receiver for the next level. But the fact that he can give you production out of the backfield also just shows the versatility to his game. If I were a betting man, I'd say that Nebraska recruits a running back or they've got a red shirt that they're looking at and they move Wondell back to uh, wide receiver full time. Going into the 2020 college football season, but he looked really, really good. And he's somebody that is a Debbie riser for me. I don't know how many people were selecting him in three and four round Debbie startup drafts over the summer. So going into next year, he's definitely somebody that will be picked. He's well deserving of a selection. Now let's quickly move on to the wide receiver risers in Oklahoma State's Tylen Wallace. You know, how can somebody who's top five for some be a riser? Well, He's not top 5 for me. I believe I have him ranked 6th or 7th, but he's definitely moving up. Tyler Wallace is just he can do it all. And if you have not seen his touchdown reception where he caught a very short uh very short pass and trucked about two guys, hit the sideline, turned on the Jets, and stiff-armed two more people, bouncing off the tackles en route to a very long touchdown run. It's well worth a couple of seconds to go check it out. Tylen Wallace is a beast. Really, really, really excited about him at the next level. Texas took an L to TCU. I did not see that one coming. TCU found some rhythm through the air and took down the Longhorns. Devin DuVernay, though, he still had an outstanding showing. Eight receptions, 173 yards, and one touchdown. LaVisca Chenault sighting sound the alarm. That's the Visca we know and love. Nine receptions, 172 yards, Man, he looked good and had that touchdown in the game. I mean, it seemed like every time he got hit, he was coming out for an injury, and it was all the damn announcers were talking about how he's playing hurt, abdominal injury, uh, back injury, shoulder injury, and that is what is concerning about LaVisca Chenault. What is not concerning about LaVisca Chenault is his talent. And when he's on the field, I mean, he just looked like a tank. No no one could, he was doing whatever he wanted to do against those USC corners and probably could have had over 200 receiving yards, had a couple of those passes been connected on and had he not taken himself out of the game a couple of times throughout that contest to deal with some of those nagging injuries. LaViska's a top three talent, period. I'm not even saying of the running back, uh, the wide receiver positions, he's a top three talent in the 2020 class at his size, 6'2", 220 pounds, what he can do when he gets the ball in his hands, but I'm concerned about his injuries as everybody else is, his career high last year in carries, 17 carries to go along with all those receptions, he's already up to 13 carries on this year, and he's going to get more, so we'll just have to see how that plays out. Let's travel down to Houston, Texas and talk about Marquez Stevenson, who is just a speedster. Six foot, 190 pounds, but he's not just a fast guy. He's a good wide receiver. Another one of those under the radar prospects in the game versus SMU. He had five catches for 211 yards and two TDs. He averaged over 40 yards of reception. Anybody averaging over 40 yards of reception, you know damn well he's got some speed. But if you go back to a sophomore season, 75 catches, 1,019 yards, and nine TDs. So there's production there as a sophomore, and then there's production there this year as a junior. He's got 34 catches, 656 yards, and six touchdowns. Marquez Stevenson, I know you may not have heard the name. He was not drafted. He's going to be somebody who's in that depleted Devi, uh, De- a dynasty rookie draft next year, but Stevenson is somebody who's gonna, who's, whose stock is going to rise throughout the pre-draft process and once he hits the NFL combine because he does have tremendous speed. I'm not going to use the word elite. There's only one guy with elite speed in this 2020 class right now from the skill position. Uh, maybe, maybe two, but I'm talking about Henry Ruggs. That is elite. Marquez Stevenson is really, really fast, though. Last Debbie Riser I want to talk about is Colorado State's wide receiver, Warren Jackson, six foot six, two hundred and twenty-pound monster, nine receptions, 178 yards, and one TD. You know, Colorado State, Michael Gallup. You know, he was a very good wide receiver there a couple of years ago, Warren Jackson. How is he going to translate? How is his short area agility and that quickness? You know, the NFL seems to be going away from those bigger lumbering receivers. He is not lumbering. And, you know, as I record this, this podcast, I'm watching Alan Lazard play for the Green Bay Packers, and he's six foot five and, you know, over 220 pounds, and he looks pretty doggone good out there for Green Bay. So Warren Jackson is somebody we definitely need to keep our eyes on couple of Debbie fallers I just want to hit right quick. Um, Sam Ellinger and Brock Purdy. Sam Ellinger has a long, long way to go before I would even sniff him in a dynasty rookie draft, even in super flex formats. I want nothing to do with Sam Ellinger at this point in time. You talk about Jalen Hurts being a runner before he's a passer. Jalen Hurts is a far better thrower of the football than Sam Ellinger is right now. That guy is a one read. I don't see it. I'm taking off and running, and he doesn't even run smart. He takes a, tr- a ton of abuse. He's getting hit constantly. Thankfully, thankfully, and I don't know this with 100% certainty, but he is going to return for a senior year, and I do think that is the right thing for him to do. Now, Brock Purdy, I just talked about him on the last episode is being one of my All-Americans from the sophomore position midway through the season. He had just looked so good, taking care of the ball, not turning the ball over. And then what does he do? Soon as I tout him, soon as I talk about him, the very next game, Brock Purdy goes out there and turns the damn ball over a bunch of times, and then they lose the game in just just terrible fashion. And I'm not saying they should have won the game versus Oklahoma state, but he definitely did not help out one touchdown, three interceptions, you know, completed, you know, 63% of his passes. He threw the ball 62 freaking times, which, I mean, that's a little crazy in its own right, but three interceptions just did not look good in this contest. Oklahoma state was all over him. Uh, he was sacked twice Um, He was just kind of, he was hoping and Brian things were going to happen and it just didn't. So those are my only two Debbie Fallers that I want to talk about tonight. I've got some good stuff lined up for you guys that I think you're really going to like coming out later this week. So Debbie Risers, Debbie Fallers, week nine. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Destination Debbie Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Like I said, I have something else coming out this week. I know, I know you guys enjoyed the show with Gary Price, the running back Oasis show where we just talked 2020, 2021 running backs, you know, what our thoughts were about them, where they fit amongst, you know, current dynasty running backs. That is just the first installment of the Ground and Pound series. We're going to have Garrett Price back. I've got other guys lined up to talk about these 2020 running backs. But this week, I'm rolling out the first installment of the Air Raid series. Yes, that's right. The same way I did nothing but talk about running backs, I've got a special guest. Special guest. Guy that knows his stuff. Best of both worlds with data and film-based analysis and we are going to air the DDP out. Jesse Reeves is coming on the show later this week. I'm dropping it. Two DDP episodes. Jesse Reeves, Ray GQ, Air Raid Show, DDP. It's going down. If you have yet to subscribe to the Destination Debbie podcast, please do. I don't care what platform you use. Subscribe to the show, and if you're so kind... If you do listen on iTunes, can you leave a rating, a uh, five-star rating, four-star rating, whatever it is you think this show is worth, and a review? I had a couple of nice reviews over the past couple of days, and what I want to start doing is uh, I'm not going to mention the individual who left the review, but I just like reading some of those things. So um, maybe a couple of shows, I'll just you know read some of the reviews from the listeners because that's what I do this for. I don't even go back and listen to this. Once I edit it, I'm done. Like I don't want to hear myself talk. But I appreciate you guys who do. So I want to give you all some props too. those of you who are kind enough to, to leave some feedback. Uh, definitely want to uh, recognize and acknowledge you. And I'm going to start doing, I don't want to call it a mailbag series, but I am going to um, ask for questions. What do you guys want to hear? What are you guys thinking? Debbie Trades. So I will be implementing that on future shows coming up right after the first installment of the air raid series so hey just be on the lookout for that jesse reeves ray gq we're getting it in i hope you guys have a blessed week enjoy yourselves be safe out there but you know what's next drop the music